Road to Life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline, and we're going to hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the Word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit RoadToLifeChurch.com, and we'll see you next week. Um, we're going to jump into the word this morning, but we've been in something that we've called intentional faith, and we're we're kind of in that vein. But whenever you think of the word intentional, I think that there is another thought that should flow with it, and it's the word persistence. Everybody say persistence. You know, when you think of persistent, when you think of people, you think of people like Abraham Lincoln. You think of people like Martin Luther King. You think of people in your that you, that looked and you know if it's a movie you think of a movie like Rudy. How many of you know what I'm saying? Where it was just they were just per, they were persistent. You know it's the persistent person's attitude that when they believe something in their life, in spite of everything that has been thrown at them, they they just keep on. They just keep on. They don't stop and they just keep going. And I think all of us and and I think even more today is we love to read stories, to watch movies and TV shows about people who had the odds that were against them, but yet they were persistent and they, and their, their persistence and what they went through. And it's almost like we look at it and we just hugely, we admire it. And what's really important is that we realize that there is no God-inspired dream, there is no God-inspired aspiration in our life that will be achieved without persistence. We have to have persistence. And I think persistence, when you think about it in regard to a family, is there's a lot of virtues I think that we should raise our, our children in. They should be respectful and loving and, you know, all of those things and mannerly. But one virtue I think that is it, that, that is right up outside of obviously having a fear of God is one of the greatest vir- virtues that we can pass on to our kids is a persistent spirit, just a spirit spirit that they just won't stop. They just keep on going. It's hot. It's sweaty. You know, and another word I think for persistence is just the word grit. How many of you are with me on just that, uh, that person? They just, they've just got grit. When you think of grit or you think of persistence in the Bible, there's a lot of people, Old and New Testament, but you can think of people like Abraham. Abraham got a promise and it took 25 years years before that promise came to pass. 25. How many of you know that's persistence? That, that, that's great. You, you think of people like Moses and Moses, God said, you're going to bring this people into the promised land. It took 40 years from the time they crossed over to step in. That is persistence. You look at people like Joshua or maybe people like David, and and it was prophesied. Maybe people like the Apostle Paul or John in the Bible. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. I think it's interesting because the word there is not let us 
not let us be weary, but it says to grow weary. Grow weary implies over time or become discouraged in doing good for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. You know, the Ephesians 6, the apostle Paul talked about, he was signing off and it's a general epistle to the whole church. And he, t- and he said this, he said, having done all the crisis demands, stand firmly in your place. And there's something about standing. There's something about persistence. You know, I remember when I, um, when I first, you know, this was a while back, but we went to Bible college. And when we went to Bible college, they gave us a Thompson Chain Bible. And Thompson Chain Bible was, how many of you ever heard of Thompson Chain? Great, great reference Bible, but it was in King James back then. And so I learned all of my verses, memory verses, um, if thou wast willest. How many of you know what I'm saying? And you'd say them if you were like, what are you saying? You know what I'm saying? But, but one of the, um, a, a verse in Matthew chapter seven, verse eight, and I want to read it out of the King James, but it says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. There's the it's. How many of you are with me on that? And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. A lot of times we look at that verse and it's so transactional. It's like, all I got to do is ask. All I got to do is seek. All I got to do is knock. But if you actually look in the original language, and I like the amplified kind of extrapolates this and give us an understanding. It says, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. There's, that's a persistence. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he or she who keeps on seeking finds and to the person who keeps on knocking, it will be open. See, persistence isn't a gift It's a character trait that directly impacts what we experience in life and what God has for our life. If you're here today and you say, I want a good marriage, I want a great marriage, realize this, one key thing you're going to have to bring to the table is persistence. Just don't quit. Are you with me? You're just going to have to be persistent. You say, I want great kids. How many of us want great kids? You know, it's how many of us don't give a rip? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Your kids are gone. You're like, I want great grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Micah sings this song whenever we're out. And he sings it out loud in public. And he sings this song. And he sings, my mom loves her grandkids more than her own children. And he sings this out loud. And one time some lady looked at him and said, I doubt that. <laughs> but... But, you know, you stop and you say, okay, I want a great, I want a great family. I want a great business. I want, to, I want to achieve my goals. Anything that has sustaining ability is directly connected to persistence because it's in persistence that we usually grow the character traits that are necessary to handle what we're desiring in the outcome of that particular thing. There's a story in Luke 18 about persistence. And I want to just, I'm going to read the first verse and then we're going to actually 
actually read uh, down a little ways. We're going to read um, the first eight verses. It says, now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that, um, that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. What I want you to notice, to lose heart implies that at one time they had heart. You can't lose something unless you had it at one time. And the entire purpose of this parable is praying and not giving up or losing heart in regard to whatever it is that we're praying about in our life. One of Satan's biggest attacks on our prayer life is for us to not be persistent and for us to give up and lose heart and simply just accept whatever it is that we're praying about. If we don't give up and lose heart, then what happens is, is God changes things because it's a partnership. Yes, it's God, but I've got 50% of it and it's me as well. And it's a partnership. And then God changes it. And whenever God changes something in our life and we prayed about it, then we pray more because we see the results of what he did in our life. And so then we pray more, then we depend on him more. And and then we see more of his best in our life. That's what, that's what happens in our life. And there are times when prayer is quick. It's to the point. I like the one and done and see fast results. How about you? I just like to pray, get it done. You know what I'm saying? How many of you ever pray for your kids and they're just totally transformed within 10 seconds? No way. It doesn't happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but then there are times, you know, when you, when you stop that and we pray but then we have to stand. We got to fight the temptation of giving up. And we've got to be intentional in our thought life where we don't let our brain take a dirt road and we have to be persistent. We have to be persistent. And see, prayer is a relational answer to change something that we're looking at in our life. And what I've noticed is beyond changing that natural thing or whatever it is that we're praying about is many times in route to it, the Lord changes us. We go through things through that standing process and we see things in our own heart. We see things in our own life. And all of a sudden, God begins to change us. And so Luke, Luke 18, Jesus tells a story of prayer and being persistent, and then he ends talking about faith. And so I want to just start reading right now Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through verse 8. It says, now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and to not give up and lose heart, saying... In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and had no respect for man. I mean, I'm, just a little pause. I think we got some of those judges in America today. How many of you know what I'm saying? You're just like, dude, what's up with there? You know, he's got tenure. <laughs> You're just like, verse 3. There was a desperate widow. Look at the word desperate widow in that city. And she came to him saying, Give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. 
For a time he would not, but later he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by her continual coming, she will, she will be in intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out. How many, you know, that sounds like a persistent woman. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, come on, girl. You know what I'm saying? Notice my wife on the front row. She has eggs right in. Yeah, come on. <laughs> look, at, look at what, it, what verse, what verse, oh, verse six. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones? who cry out to him day and night. Look at the persistence. Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? Question mark. Verse eight. I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the son of man, that's Jesus comes, that's the second coming, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? Notice that he started by saying, I'm going to talk to you about prayer, but at the end, he talks about a persistent faith, a persistent faith. You know, Jesus makes a very distinct um, dis a distinction between praying and persistent praying. He makes a distinction between faith and persistent faith. There's a distinction between those. There's sometimes in our life that simply praying will get it done, but there's other times that it takes persistent praying. There's sometimes that I have faith, and I believe there's other times it takes persistent faith in our life. As you look at this story, there's a reason that Jesus picked a widow in this story. Widows in Jesus' day were the most vulnerable, the most marginalized, and the most defenseless. You remember the apostle Paul when he was giving guidelines for pastoring in the local church. He said that, he said, religion undefiled is to care for the orphans and to take care of the widows. He was talking about, and then he, he further went on and began to give a criteria for what a widow was because they realized that back then there were people that, well, you're not, you know, you're 30, you know what I'm saying? And so he began to give a criteria, but widows in Jesus' day, they were the, they were the most vulnerable, the marginalized, and the most defenseless. And I know that back in their day, there were some rich widows, but that wasn't the case with here because if you look at verse 3, it says that this widow was a desperate widow that was in the city. Out of all the people that Jesus could pick to talk about persistence, he picks a widow. He picks the most marginalized. He picks the weakest. He picks the one that there is literally, there's no help for them. He picks the person who is the most helpless, and he did it for a reason, and this is number one is there is no situation, person, or circumstance that is too far gone that God can't handle. There's no situation in our life. When we talk about persistence in our life, you've got a relationship with God. If you've got a relationship with God, there is nothing that he can't handle. There is nothing that is too big for him. You are not too far gone. They are not too far gone. The circumstance is not too far gone. 
one. He used a widow to basically say there is nothing that is outside God's ability. I find this, that usually God picks the weakest things of this world to confound the wise. He picks the things that everybody says there is no way. And what God wants to do is when we talk about persistence is to anchor our soul that says there's no situation, there's no person, there's no circumstance that is too far gone that God cannot handle. God can handle it. You know, and you think about it for a moment. You know, I, I remember, and this was years ago, and um, we've pastored here for 22 years, um, but we pastored in California for almost eight years. And I remember we planted a church there, and it was in Temecula. And, um, and we planted a church, and there was, there was uh, you know, a church, you, I get to see, you see a lot. How many of you know what I'm saying? You, ju you just see a lot. And, and I remember this, um, this uh, their son's name was Jesse, and Jesse got saved, got on fire for the Lord, and Jesse became a drummer, and you know what I'm saying? And then through the course of time, he brought his mom and his stepdad, and his mom and his stepdad gave their life to the Lord. And, um, and then, what, but what, what I noticed about the stepdad is the stepdad was a great guy, but he was just like, I mean, all of his time went into golf. Are you with me? He would just, all of his time went into golf. And so she would be at church, and he would be golfing, and he would, she would, he would. And so after a period of time, and I know she would ask for prayer, and she would be like, I just think, you know, Hal just needs to, and you know, that kind of a thing. And, and so this went on for a couple of years. And then finally, she just got so mad and so fed up with it. She went and found somebody else. Who do you think was in church next week? <laughs> right up here, right up in the front. He came right up in the front. He said, we got to pray. He said, we got to pray. I said, well, what's up? He said, she's left. She's got somebody else. This is the devil. I'm like, it is. How many of you know um, when, <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, when somebody says to you, they say, oh, will you pray for me? And we're like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. But when you need prayer, it's like, no, 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 that's not, I, I'm talking about we need to pray. You know, it's like serious, we got to pray. And so we prayed and how God, he got right with God and totally gave his life to the Lord. She didn't come back. And, and this went on for, I don't know, nine months or whatever. But he was like, he, he became usher and was just like serving God and loving God. And, and, you know, and he just said, I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm standing. She filed for a divorce. She went and filed for a divorce. And, and, um, and, he's, and he, you know, I'd pray with him and he'd cry. And, and I'm just like, you know, you made some mistakes. We get it. But God is a redeemer. How many of you are grateful that we don't get what we deserve? You know what I'm saying? And he said, God, I said God, God is a redeemer. God can save this. But she's filed for divorce. And, you know, and this and this. And I kind of get him back on. I said, it ain't over. I said, even if she goes through, it still ain't over. We serve a God's good. And so through the course of time, and we were going to be out of town um, for a couple of weeks. And so we had somebody else, uh, somebody else was speaking. And, um, and while we were gone, the divorce was supposed to be final. And so we came back, and when we came back, I remember I was like, and I turned and I looked, and I saw them sitting together. And I'm like, how many of you know even as pastors? You're just like, what in the flip is going on over there? How many of how many, you know what I'm saying? And it, you, how many of you are with me? It was like, 
God, you are real. I mean, look at them. They're kissing. You know, holding hands or all, you know, this. So I went up. So afterwards, they came up. And she said, you know, it came right down to the day before. And I said to myself, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And the right thing is I need to go back. And she plugged in, rededicated. They got back together. But man, I'm going to tell you, he had to be persistent. You know that when we go back and minister in California, we go back to a church and minister out there every year, and they're in that church. And that was 30 years ago. They're in that church. And I think in our lives sometimes, just to say, okay, I realize that I just got to be, you know, persistent. Number two is this, is when we look at this story, is she was aware and had settled on something different than what she was experiencing. She was aware. She had settled on something different than what she was experiencing in her life. I think it's both in our life. Is sometimes we're saying, God, I want you to do something, but we're not even aware of what God's promises are in that area. We're not even aware of what God's take is in that area. And we have to be aware. Okay, God, this is what you say in, in this particular area. And then what we've got to do is settle on it in our heart and in our life. I'm going to settle on that. I'm going to become aware now. Okay, this is an area and I'm going to settle on it right now in my life. It's both. It's not just one. Where Lord, I'm aware of your promise. Lord, I become aware of, of what you say about this situation and I'm going to settle on it even though right now my situation is different. It hasn't changed even though my situation is different. You know, and I think if you read this story, is this particular widow was aware of her rights. She knew what was right and she wouldn't give up. She had anchored on something and she was unwilling to let go. This is the way many times the promises of God work in our life is we have to stop and say, you know what? I realize right now, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what's going on in my life. But God, this is what you say. I believe many times God waits for us to anchor and root on what he says about our life. He waits for us to stop and to say, do you believe it? See, persistent people are anchored on something deeper than a feeling. It's deeper than just a feeling in their life. I love feelings. How many of you like feelings? I can even sing a couple songs about feelings. But if I did, you would leave. Okay, but it, in our lives, what we've got to realize is God, persistent people are anchored on something deeper than a feeling. Verse four, and I want to just read the first verse and I'll give you number three. It says, for a time he would not. That was that particular judge. And this is three. There are some things we desire that will never happen without persistence. They'll never happen without persistence. And we have to realize, you know, there's certain things that unless I'm willing to stand, it just isn't going to happen. Persistence to me spiritually does the same thing as what working physically does to my body spiritually. When I work out 
Physically, it causes me to be stronger. It causes me to be more agile. It causes me to be able to endure. It builds up my stamina. When I'm persistent spiritually, it does it. When I'm persistent in regard to a promise spiritually, it does the same thing. It causes me to be stronger. See, she was hungry. We're all going to have times and face things that we don't have the answers for. Think about it. Many of the miracles in Jesus' ministry, we look at it as a one and done, but we don't look at the story that was behind the one and done. The woman with the issue of blood that was healed. It legally, it was illegal for her to be in public and be out and pressed through a crowd. She was considered unclean. They could have stoned her according to Jewish law. Had a Pharisee, a Sadducee, had a religious person been there and saw, they could have stoned owned her because she was unclean, but she pressed through the crowd. Jairus, when Jesus said, I'll come heal your daughter, the message comes and says, don't bother him anymore. Your daughter is dead. Jesus turns to him and says, I want you to just keep on believing. I want you to keep on. I want you to be persistent. We look at the miracle, but what we don't see is the backdrop of this persistence that was, that was the backdrop of that miracle. Look at what it says in verse 4 and verse 5, and then I'm going to give you number 4. It says, for a time he would not, but later he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will be in intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out. Man, I like that. How many of you know what I'm saying? I mean, I like being on the right side of that. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it, you, what I love about this is, and this is number four, is prayer is a battle between good and evil, God's best, and just making it. That's what it is. It's a battle. You say, why is it a battle? Realize this. It, prayer is a tool against the enemy from ruining our lives. It's a tool. You say, why do I got to use that? Because you are an open target. You are never going to be spiritual enough that you don't go through things. You say, why is that? Jesus went through things. Paul went through things. John went through things. But what God wants to do is take the attack of the enemy on our life and turn it for our good where we become stronger through it and see God more through it rather than succumb to it and just make it in our life. Satan's goal is that we allow what we experience naturally to control our expectations of tomorrow. We're going to go through things naturally, but God has given us his word. He's given us promises. You're here and you have a family. You're going to go through things with your kids. You're you're going to go through things in your business. You're going to go through things in your life. But God has given you promises that he doesn't want you anchored on that experience. He wants you anchored on an expectation that is rooted in his promises that he's faithful. And what he wants you to have is a persistent spirit. Amen. Just a persistent spirit. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 7. It says, and will not our just God defend and avenge his elect. 
his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night. Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? Question mark. I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? And this is the last one, number five, is God is just and he's good. He sees everything and he has the right timing. He has the right timing. He knows the right timing. You know, I think in our lives, I don't know about you, but I think, no, I do think I know about you. (laughs) When we pray, the right timing is now. Are you with me? Not in 10 minutes, no. Not in 10 days, no. You know what I'm saying? The right timing, it's now. But what I, what I have noticed in my life is I have to say, God, I'm going to be persistent if it takes a day, if it takes a week, if it takes a month, if it takes a year, if it takes a decade, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be persistent in our life. See, Jesus makes a distinction between prayer and persistent prayer. He makes a distinction between faith and persistent faith. Prayer changes circumstances many times, but at first it begins to change me. I remember that um, when I was in Bible college dating my wife, and actually it was before we were dating. I just thought she was hot. How many of you are with me on that? I was like, check that girl out. And I, and I just thought she was cute. And, um, and, and then some... Some dude shows up and he's walking her to her seat every week. And I'm like, who is that guy? How many of you know what I'm saying? And so I asked her, I was like, who is, is that your boyfriend? First I asked him. I said, oh, is, are you and Jill dating? How many of you know? I said, are you and Jill dating? He said, oh yeah. And, and, and we're, we talked about marriage. And, um, and so I go to her and I said, oh, I, I was just talking with her. I said, oh yeah, I met your boyfriend, Rich. And she said, boyfriend? She said, we're not dating. He's just a friend. How many of you know? I go, cha-ching. How many of you are with me? I'm just like, oh, yeah. Say, what happened? Within a couple weeks, we started dating. But what I noticed about Jill, first year, and and I know it's different now, but when we were in Bible college, like we had one class that had 1,200 students in that class. And it was, they, and they had this number system that your seat was like, you know, you were in row and then A, B, C, all the way through. And you had to be sitting in your seat when the bell rang, not standing, sitting in your seat. And if you weren't, then you had to, you were tardy. <laughs> How many of you know that would not work today? <laughs> you were tardy. And you had to go up to the office and you were, three tardies were equivalent to an absence. And three absences on a Monday, Thursday class was equivalent to failure. And then four absences on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class was equivalent to a failure. Well, <laughs> we would all be sitting there, you know, I'm there early. Jill would come rifling down. And everybody, you know what I'm saying? She's like, excuse me, excuse me, 
excuse me, excuse me. You know what I did? She had the heels and she's like wiggling in and out, in and out, in and out. And I know some people on the aisle are like, here comes this girl again. And she's wiggling, wiggling, wiggling. And look, and it was like, and she would sit down. She would go, she would sit down and it would go ding. (laughs) And the people in her section would go like this. She was right on time. I like early. How about you? When I pray, I want early. What I don't want, ding. What I don't want to hear, I don't even want to see the ding on the clock. Lord, I, I prayed, and Lord, I want it now. That's the way I am. Are you with me? But God is like, you know what? There are going to be some times that, Mike, it is. It'll be quick. But there are going to be some times that you're going to need to be willing to be persistent in your heart and in your life. I want us all to stand to our feet. I don't want everyone to look at me. No one leaving. But I want everyone to look at me for a moment. You're here right now. And you have given up on something because it was taking too long, a lot of water under the bridge, didn't go the way you thought, whatever it is. I believe this morning that God is saying to us, what is that one area that you have let go of that I've given you a promise and you've let go of it and now You have to stop and you have to say, you know what, Lord? I realize that today you're challenging me to stand up. You're challenging me to say, okay, God, I'm going to believe. Maybe it's about your life. Maybe it's about a dream, an aspiration in your heart. Maybe maybe it's about somebody else. I want to encourage you. I believe right now that what God is saying is I want you to begin to feed that dream, that expectation, because I am a faithful God. Maybe you're like Abraham and you said it's been 25 years. God is faithful. Maybe you're like Moses and you say it's been 40 years. I doubt it. I doubt any of us, you know what I'm saying, 40. But God is saying to you today, what I need you to do is I need you to have intentional faith and begin to work up a spirit of persistence in your life. I want us all right now, just between you and God, and you can say, you know, I can see right now an area of my life. Maybe I got hurt. Maybe I got wounded. Maybe I had some setbacks. Maybe I've never experienced, never, ever experienced, and it's better than I could ever imagine, so I doubt it. And I just am, I'm not, I haven't been there. And I realize today that I've been settled in on an experience that I had and I'm not expecting the Lord to do anything greater, to do anything better. And I've been just at the making it place in my life. You say, that's me and I know it. I know it. I wanna pray for you right where you're at. That's you. Just lift a hand up. 
to the Lord. Just lift it up. There you go. All over. There you go. Lord, we thank you today for your love and for your grace in our life. You are good in that you are faithful. Lord, you are beyond what we could ever understand. You're beyond good. And God, I lift up every person that is here today, and I thank you for them. Lord, I thank you for the dreams, for the desires, for the aspirations that you've put within their heart. Lord, many of them maybe today are realizing there's been a whole lot of dirt that has been kicked on that thing. And today you're saying, dust it off and get back up. Lord, I thank you that you are the can-do God. You are the more than enough God. And Lord, today you're stirring us to be persistent. And so Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, maybe whatever, I pray for each and every person here that in that area that you would turn a light on to what the next step is. What is the next thing that you would have them to do? God, I thank you for that. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Woo, this just fires me up, y'all. This story, if you look it up in the Greek, that Baby, woman, don't, don't she, kept, she, kept, uh, <laughs> she kept coming, and, she, and it's, it indicates that she was going to give him a black eye. That's what it says in the, in the Greek. It does. She keeps coming, uh, and, and so this is like the devil holding up your stuff, holding up your healing, holding up your children, holding up your provision or whatever it is. And we just got to keep in there coming in the name of Jesus. And this is what I saw in my spirit. I saw like, have you ever had a little dog, a dog take your, take your shoe and was chewing on it and you were going, give me that, give me that back. And you're like wrestling with that. <laughs> you're re get, and finally you get it back. And that's what we got to do, church, with our stuff, with what God has promised. We got to say, no, devil. Let's say it together, could we? Just say, no, devil. No, devil. You will not have my stuff. You will not have my you stuff. You will not have my family. You will not have my you family. You will not have my health. You will not have my help. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. That you release to that, me. That you release to me. What I've been praying to you for. What I've been praying to you for. Because you're a just good God. Because you're a just good God. You're a provider. You're a provider. You're a healer. You're a healer. You're a deliverer. You're a deliverer. And I believe I receive it. And I believe I receive it. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Maybe check that shoe for slobber. I wonder today, you're here. And you know, maybe you've never been to a church like this. Or maybe you're here and, you know, you're like, I never, you know, I, if you were like me, I was raised. I thought Christianity or religion, I just put it all together, was just more of a liturgical something you did. And it wasn't really a relationship. Realize God wants a relationship with you. That's what he wants. He didn't come for you to go through some dead formalism. He wants a relationship with you. But only you can say, Lord, I need you. 
I choose you and I want you in my life. I wonder today you're here and you've never made a decision to accept Christ. I want to pray with you right where you're at. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed, you're saying, I'm here and I've never given my heart to Christ, never given my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. By lifting your hand, you're saying, Lord, that's me. And I respond. I come out of my comfortable place and I say, yes, Jesus, to you. We're all going to pray together. That's you. One, two, three. Lift your hand to the Lord. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I want us to pray, all of us right now. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son, that you gave your life to pay for my sins. And Lord, I give you my heart. I repent of my sins. And I'm asking you, come into my life. I give you everything. I give you my past. I give you my present and I'm trusting you with my future. Fill me, God, with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.